Welcome to the second listen. Why did he pick this? <laughs> Welcome to uh, episode three of Second Listen. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard us before, we pick an album, take it, and kind of strip it down, discuss it. Uh, at the grand kind of overview of the whole album, song by song. Uh, this week's uh, artist will be Always with their album Antisocialites. I'm joined by Trevor. Hey. And Colin. Good to be back. It's been like six months since the last uh, recording because of COVID, so stoked for this. Yeah, I guess uh, we'll dive right into it. Uh, a little overview of the band. They're a five-piece out of Toronto led by Molly Rankin on lead vocals, uh, Alec O'Hanley on guitar, Carrie uh, McClellan on keys, uh, Brian Murphy on bass, and Phil McIsaac on drums. Um, Molly Rankin is a daughter of the Canadian folk band, the Rankin Family, and uh, her and Carrie were childhood neighbors growing up. And they met uh, Alec O'Hanley at a show and thus kind of created uh, Always. And spelled with two Vs if you're trying to find that on your own. And, and I would just like to add that this is Miles' choice of an album. We, uh, we alternate choosing albums and uh, our kind host has brought us this album this week. A banger. <laughs> it's a banger. We'll see about that. <laughs> oh, good. I like this. We got some dissenting opinions already. So uh, this is their second effort. Uh, their first uh, their first album had a, quite a bit of success with the hit song Archie Marry Me and uh, landed them some big festival opportunities, which kind of uh, brought them to light. And uh, they kind of wrote this while touring and finished it up. Actually, Molly Rankin would travel to the Toronto Islands to uh, write in isolation in some abandoned school. I don't know how she had access to that, but that's a little <laughs> weird, weird fun fact. Overall, this is this is my first exposure to them, and I, I have since gone back and listened to the first album, and I think this is a huge step up from the first album, personally. I don't know if either of you guys have checked it out. I listened to a bit of the first album. I, I haven't listened to it, uh, like, front to back so i just listened to it to hear like what the sound was like relative to this one and uh i don't know we'll get into it as we're going through the album but i do think i think it's i do actually contrary to my uh like comment earlier i do actually think it's a pretty awesome album <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the sound to me it's i get a little bit tired of the like really washed out sound and like i liked the, the first one i was curious it's like oh if that's just what the first one sounded like and it does sound pretty different and i think i like the sound of it more but uh i like i'm willing to admit the songs in this are probably better i mean this won a juno award and it was nominated like the song dream dreams tonight was like nominated for an award as well miles have you checked out the first album yeah yeah i've uh i i really like the first album too this one definitely i like better but uh, the first one was no slouch by any means. I don't think. I don't. I don't think it's a slouch either. I'm not a production guy by by any means. But I found it a lot more unpolished. And mm -hmm. I, it, in in particular, I found Molly's vocals were a little hit or miss on the first album. Actually, and, See, and yeah, you, you mentioned that to me. I never noticed. Yeah, that, and but. and here they are dialed in 
so perfectly. Yeah. And and whether that's just experience, whether it's a bit of correction, I'm not sure. Um, I didn't actually, one of the things I wanted to do is uh, look at live performances. I did not do this for this band, but I know, uh, Miles, I think this, how you discovered this band was live performances, right? Yeah, I, uh, I went to a show, I went to see The National in Vancouver at Deer Lake Park, which is an unbelievable venue and uh, always opened up for them. And I had heard I had heard one song, Plimsoll Punks, by them before, and then eventually found out that I had heard Archie Marry Me, but just didn't know it was by them. Uh, but they are, f- like, her voice is flawless live. They're so good. And, and with that, that venue, like, the ambiance of, like, the sun setting just fits so perfect with, like, their dream pop kind of sound. And, yeah, it was, uh, they're really good live. Where did you see them again? I've seen them at Deer Lake Park. Oh, Deer Lake Park. And then yeah, I also yeah. saw them open up for The Strokes just before COVID a few months ago, actually, in uh, Rogers Arena. Damn, and they were just as stellar. That would be wicked. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I feel like they can they can definitely deliver on the arena venue. Like, these are pretty anthemic songs at time, I, I guess would be one way to put it. Yeah, when I was in the crowd, actually, for The Strokes, there was a bunch of people around me who had no idea who always was, and after they were done, they were just like, wow, that was incredible, because they just always seem to per, uh, perform really well live. They're not super energetic on stage or anything, but they absolutely just get dialed in and, and nail the songs. Uh, the last thing I want to say before we dive in is that, like, in general, this band just seems to me to be Let's highlight Molly's voice, which is incredible, with with catchy arrangements and and kind of everyone else is is working as cogs in the greater machine to yeah. to make that stand out. That's that's how I see them. Yeah, I think Molly and uh, Alec O'Hanley are the main two writers for for all the songs. Yeah, that's what I saw. They were co-credited on every song, and yeah. I wonder if um if that Alec was also um credited on production on all the songs as well and i wonder if um this album is him kind of really stepping into light as producer or if it was uh the external producer that they brought in which i actually didn't write down and that's pretty vital information that i should have but uh, <laughs> oh yeah i did look into the producer for this album uh wait anti-socialites right yeah. like down yeah. there first yeah. one yeah yeah it's like john Congleton, I think his name yes, is or that's, something like that's that that's ringing a bell now and uh yeah i, I noticed him partially because he also produced uh, I mean, I guess they're pretty well known now, but it's a band of mine that I really like, or not of mine, but <laughs> <laughs> a band that I really like called Cloud Nothings, and they, he did their like Here and Nowhere Else album, and he's done a whole bunch of other stuff, doing like Modest Mouse and um, Future Islands, if you guys know them, Future Islands have kind of like a new wave sound. Well, that's interesting you did Cloud Nothings, that, again, not a band that I've dug too deep into, but that's a very like raw, punkish sound, right? Totally. And for him to be able to to deliver that and then come here and, and have these real clean pop songs. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty... There it, is a punk element into a lot of these songs, though, like uh, in Antisocial, it's kind of like just a post-punk kind of sound with that goes along with like the heavy synth, dreamy, atmospheric... Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah. Sh- should we get into it maybe? And yeah, you let's can get into it. Point some of those out. Uh, so the first song is called In Undertow. Uh, it's one of the singles on the album. And it just is a good, good solid opener. Uh, just kicks in with the heavy synth right away. And you kind of get a vibe for what the band is all about. This big atmospherical sound. And Molly's voice just sounds super, super clean on it. 
This is actually one of my least favorite songs on the album. And I'm I'm like, obviously the band feels strongly about it, putting it first on the album, releasing it as their first single. It's to me, it doesn't like it doesn't really represent what's to come at all. It's it's almost shoegazy. It's it's got this big wall of sound going with the really full shimmery guitars and I, I I don't know. It's this song really doesn't do anything for me, and it's it's close to being one of my least favorite songs in the album. It's interesting you say that. I actually, I I like this song. I do. I actually have almost like contrary opinion. Like in some ways, I do think this sort of represents what's to come. Although the first two times I listened to this, uh, I listened to it in my car, and like it really didn't like hit me that much. Like I'd listen to it, or I'd it'd either be in my car, or I'd be downstairs when I was like doing something else. And then when I listened to it sort of like in my like, um, I don't know, like on a, like a decent pair of headphones, like in sort of my a more listening environment that I can really like hear what's going on. And I did actually, one thing I didn't like about the album originally is that I felt that it was all really the same. And then once I listened to it on decent speakers, I could tell that there actually was, there was a range of like different sounds they weren't it wasn't entirely like it's still yes it did kind of have this like cohesive sound which i think is good for an album but it wasn't all quite just like super washed out some songs are a bit i don't know like it does it does they all do have that washed out kind of vibe yeah but there was more range than i originally thought but i, 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 I like i like this song honestly i I do like the the little mini solo that that happens in this song. But yeah, uh, I, I'm. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't the, think it's a particularly catchy chorus or anything like that. Which you is, don't think it, so? Pretty, which is pretty key for a band like this. No, the chorus doesn't do much for me. I, I think, but it's easy for people to like listen to and sing back sort of thing like it's pretty simple and 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 even though the chorus is simple there are some good lyrics within the verses too yeah well, lyrics is is one thing we haven't touched on i i, I really like her lyrics she's, actually she's um yeah. uh, she's often singing about like some sort of failed relationships it seems like but um in in a fresh way sometimes which i'll i'll try to point out along the way this this one doesn't jump out to me lyrically either but um the verse yeah. is, I remember in the verse, there's like one, there's a good lyric about like how she won't rely on the moon or signs for anything. So, yeah, but it's, it's kind of metaphorical to like the way that the guy is just like repeatedly randomly doing bad things that she and, wants to get away and from. And she, um, she also does, does, um, you can tell there's a lot of attention to detail in the lyrics because like the one verse ends, ends with, I won't rely on the moon for anything. And then your mood for anything is the next verse. Like it's, there's, there's a lot of intricate, lyrical details like that but you can tell it's it's pretty well thought out yeah i did like the uh backing vocals on uh like i think it's the second verse when she's like when you get old and faded out and um i really like the way it ends it's actually like all of it's sort of like most of the chords sound like kind of like power pop chords and then it had ends with like a major seven chord and she actually ends on the seventh with her note she yeah, like she kind of goes to down the, to it, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, and then goes yeah. down to the sevens. What I, I thought, like, she's in this sort of, like, um, lower mid-range for most of the song. And then for that ending bit, she, like, jumps up. And I think it's a, a real good... I think, actually, all the songs on this album have, like, very interesting endings. Sometimes kind of, like, random. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was another ear-catching thing about it that yeah. I enjoyed. I don't want to, like, shit on the song too much. Because I, I do think it's a, it's it's not a 
bad song or anything in my opinion but it's it's i think there's more to come and then i'm i'm just surprised by the decision to make this the focal point of of their new sound that comes out in 2017. Yeah, I actually do have written on here a bit of a weird opener to the album. So, mm-hmm. you know, there I wasn't obviously yeah. I did think that like So after you called me out earlier now. That's right. despite, <laughs> despite what I said earlier, apparently that is a feeling that I had. Well, it's funny that like sometimes that'll happen though. Uh, we talked about how um off off mic about how uh, like this was originally going to be recorded in March or so. It's now September. COVID set us off. And, uh, well, set us off usually means start, I guess, set us aside. And, uh, it's, it's funny. I looked at my notes and, and after six months of listening to this casually, like my opinions definitely changed. Right. So it's, it's, you can yeah. look at something I in mean, your notes and be like, oh yeah, maybe I don't agree with that now. Maybe that's so. the new approach, you know, just have a, <laughs> yeah. next, <laughs> next episode next coming episode. in six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, should we move on to the next, uh, next track? Yeah. Next track is, uh, dreams tonight. I don't know why they spelt yeah that tonight like me. this. It's just like <laughs> it's the same thing as their name. Well, yeah. Th- so the name already put me off. I was just like, this but I is think gonna that's because be... there's another band called Always. Yeah, yeah. But still, when you don't know that and you see that, you just I just kind of dismissed it as like overly indie hipster, <laughs> and then dreams tonight with the N I T E. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> just like you know, really relating to that youth culture. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, I like the, uh, it's got the big atmospheric, heavy synth sound, kind of calmer. This one's definitely their biggest single off the album, but super catchy, uh, super catchy chorus. Uh, this, what did you guys think about it? This melody was stuck in my head for months. This is an incredible melody, the, the chorus melody I'm talking about. Uh, I am irritated that I can't sing along to it because it's too high so it's like it's the worst kind of stuff in your head because you can't even do anything with it uh it's, it's, it's this is such an 80s jam to me i agree super I... 80s inspired and and normally that's that's my least favorite decade of music but this is this is all the best parts of it this i i started off not liking it and it's just it gets in your ear and it cannot get out yeah i think there's like a big trend with like bringing back it's like 80s vibe, but still sounds modern. That's like a big thing in uh, pop music nowadays. I think. It is. I think. Uh, yeah, this one I have. I have four stars. Most of them I gave uh, a number of stars out of five. I just remembered. But, uh, <laughs> this, Did this any one stars? Uh, no, there's there's a two star though. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. okay. I'm interested. Stay because, tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is the song that was won like a SoCan songwriting, or no, it just got no- nominated for a SoCan uh, songwriting award. There's a lot of really cool use of stereo, like space in your stereo field, and also like width. You know, I, the way I think about it, there's kind of like two ways you can do sort of like produce a song a lot of the time. You can put it in like a real space, or you can put it in like a fictional space. Like this is obviously put in a fictional space, and they did it really well. And, and you mean by that for for people who aren't production savvy like me you mean fictional being like not trying to emulate a live sound but... yeah not trying to em- emulate a live sound yeah i think oh yeah this one too it's when the uh, synth bass kicks in at like 49 seconds i remember i was like listening to yeah, these on my really... speakers and like if you're actually listening to it at a decent volume when it kicks in you're just like it's yeah, hard not I to also, like, yeah. i also had like i like how the bass just kicks in like part yeah. way through the song and just like really starts to drive it yeah one thing I was doing with this with this album is because we're in the kind of indie pop, dream pop 
pop kind of area, I was looking at the song structures of a lot of these, and and most of them are pretty traditional kind of intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Uh, this song in particular, I think, is a really cool bridge where the acoustic guitar comes in and she's saying, so morose for me, oaths for me and all that. But then so probably my biggest complaint about this band is that I just want them to jam a little bit more on some of these. Like they get yeah, these I really get interesting beds and then it's just like, okay, let's go back to the chorus again. Yeah, like, I, I wish they would explore a bit more and this isn't the worst defender. And again, I, I really like this song. Actually, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, like I said, I, it's been stuck in my head forever. Yeah, but it is I, truly pop music. I know sure. that there's one song on this where I'm like, damn, I really wish they did this for I, like a lot more. And I bet it's probably the I same bet it's thing the same that you're song, thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, see, we'll see. Uh But that's all I got on it. Really good song. I, I'm guessing that anyone that likes this genre of music would like this song because it's ridiculously catchy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all I've got here. There's a few, right. uh, few notes here that I can't quite make out what I was meaning. But I think yeah, I just summarized it with... I really like the placement of sounds in this. Like the intro, they do some cool stuff with placing things in a stereo field. The drums, I mean, one thing I, this is sort of applies to all the songs, so I'll just like mention it now, but um, they have this like juxtaposition of like everything's kind of like really reverby, except the drums for the most part are pretty dry throughout the album. And I think it's like, I think it's relatively common technique, but it's also pretty, you know, it's wow. interesting. Yeah. No, no, I, I like it. You I think like it, it works. Yeah, I think it's if everything was washed out, then you would just get no definition. But like having the drums like somewhat dry with respect to everything else makes them come through easier. And yeah, I uh, just last thing I can't let this go to the next song without mentioning the uh, the really cool alternate melody in the second chorus that I think it's Carrie comes in with the keyboard player. Yeah. That, so oh. <laughs> Edit that out, please. That's a mad voice. Uh, she says that don't let Morshin, Morshin, wow, off the rails. The second chorus, listen to it. Sounds good. Plum Soil Punks. That's the third song on the yeah, album. Moving on to the, the next song. This is the third single. Uh, Miles, how about you take it away? Uh, I gotta get my breath here. <laughs> All right, on to the third song. Uh, Plum Soil Punks. Uh, this is definitely lives up to the name because it's a, a much more punky vibe than the previous two songs. A lot more drivey, but still keeps a little bit of the atmosphere sound. And this is the one where you definitely hear the versatility of how Molly Rankin can uh, use her voice stylistically different, differencing uh, her previous two songs. And uh, it definitely shows her vocal capabilities, especially towards the end, I think. I'm pretty sure it's towards the end of the song, yeah. What do yeah, you guys think of this song? Yeah, she hits a ridiculously high note yeah. in this song. Yeah. I love this song. Uh, longest song in the album, but it, it, it doesn't feel like it. No, and I it think that's because all. they're um, exploring different song structures here, and, and there's like the f there's the fake ending near yeah, the end like where it goes, it goes solo, fake ending, another solo, then back into the song again. It's it's really also, cool. Also, I think there's a weird synth outro, though, that's kind yeah, of like an Yeah, interlude. it sounds yeah. like, to me, it reminds me of like uh, video game music almost. It's like really lo-fi synth kind of... It's I think that's really cool too. Um, also really like the lyrics here. It seems to be about like hating hipsters essentially is what I get out of it. But uh, there's a couple I wrote down here that I liked. Uh, when I chip through your candy coating, you're stuffed with insulation. I think that's such a cool line about like being guarded on the outside. And then uh, there's another one. You're the seashell in my heel that's 
Here you have the seashell in my sandal that's slicing up my heel. Just like, really, like, oh wow, you really don't like this person. Oh, well, you, you already coined them hipsters, so this is just hipsters hating yeah, hipsters. Exactly. That's a hipster thing yeah, to do. Yeah, they were, they were, they were there first. Man, a little bit, a little bit choked at that seashell line. I used to use a metaphor in an old song that was like a pebble in my, in my shoe. You know, it just made me realize. Uh, not the only one to do that. Seashell in the sandal. <laughs> she gets the alliteration in there. Yeah, it's true. That is that is uh, that is you know arguably better. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, <laughs> no, I like the ahead. song too. Uh, I think it does. Again, it has kind of an '80s synth sound vibe. I think that's like recreated on the album multiple times. Not quite as heavily as the Dreams Tonight. But uh, I have written down too that I love the bassline in this, which I I do. I think it's a wicked bassline. And uh, I like the guitar on this. There's actually an interesting thing I noticed on some of the songs. The guitar is not very present, but if you listen really closely, it's you'll hear like what sounds like almost like them just playing an electric guitar, but not plugged in, like not okay. going through an amp. And it's uh, I was like reading online a bit about it, and apparently on Siamese Dream, it was a technique that was used to sort of like bring definition in chords <laughs> through on like really distorted sound walls. So like they'd record like an acoustic, like Billy Corgan re- would layer an acoustic guitar or like, I mean, it says acoustic, but I mean, in this case, I think it sounds like they're using just like an electric guitar, not amplified. And uh, it's like super quiet in the mix, but uh, I actually don't know if I liked it though. Like whenever <laughs> I'd hear it, I'm like, it would kind of trip me out. That's, it's <laughs> interesting. I have uh, written down on this song. This is where I think, uh, I think, Alex's name or Alec O'Hanley, I think is his name. I think he's a really cool guitarist. He's um, he's playing some a lot of chromatic notes. I find that he's playing. He's doing a lot of like atmospheric stuff where he's like tremolo picking when you wouldn't expect it. Or and there's some some better examples of that later. But I th- I, I think he's a pretty cool guitarist in the confines of a pop band. I think he does a pretty good job to stand out. Yeah, no, I would agree. And then like. I have written down too, like, love the bridge at like two minutes and 50 seconds. Um, the guitar and like synth weirdness and like. Is yeah. that like the fake ending where it slows down and then comes back in? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, really good song. Oh, and I like, oh, that's the other thing is I really like the vocal delivery. It's different than like at the very start. Um, it's different than like how she does her vocals on almost every other song. And it's really, it reminds me of like a British, like, I don't know. It just reminds me of like some like British like guy walking down the street or a woman for that gal for that matter. Just like kind of be like duh, 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 yeah. Duh, I think duh, her voice duh. has a, a a lot of character. Like yeah. I find that um, female vocals in the, the dream pop setting can also or often sorry sound very. It's it's like they all kind of sound the same. There's that one pop uh, vocal sound that that seems to be what a lot of artists strive for like the you sent me a song yesterday i can't remember what was that called the song from dark you sent me yesterday miles i can't remember what it was called anyway it's just this like to me it just sounds really overproduced but she's like yes she can hit these high notes but she's completely willing to go low she's a one out trip do ya can like it's yeah it's i think it's really cool and and and, uh, she is one of the best vocalists I've heard, honestly. I think she's I think fantastic. rhythm plays a huge role in, like, all of her melodies, uh, like, throughout the... And, I mean, in general, rhythm plays a huge role in, like, writing a good vocal melody. But I noticed it uh, particularly on this album, and, like, this song is another great example of, of that. All right, uh, on to song four, called Your 
not your type. Is it? I have a year type. Oh, it's your, your, type. your type. Sorry, your <laughs> <No>. type. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this song, I will leave my thoughts until after Miles. <laughs> uh, well, it's it. I think it's the shortest song on the album. It it's is, like yeah. two minutes, which I think is good because I think any longer I would kind of get bored of it. But it's a it's a good, quick, drivey uh, two minute song and. There's a uh, cool key change in it. You keeps truck it driver fresh. key change. Yeah, it keeps yeah, it fresh and different. Abruptly goes up a half step for the third verse there. Uh, I honestly think they just ran out of ideas. To me, this is the longest two minutes. Really? It, like, what's the, what's the point in this song? Honestly, like, this is by far my least favorite song on the album. Seriously? I don't find that at I'm, all. I'm fine oh. with the short song, but, like... At least have a good idea if you're gonna make a oh, short like song, like song. like yeah, something like song. song two by Blur, you know, like killer chorus, two minutes, okay. No, this, I, li- I like, like this they song. they don't they have so little here that they had to do a truck driver key change to make it to two minutes. I don't know this this does absolutely nothing for me. I like uh, so I like the like weird. It's almost like dissonant guitar sort of interlude early on in the song, like twenty five seconds in or something. That is cool. And I do like the again. I like I like the a lot of the backup vocals in this album, like the way they're mixed and also just like used. Like there's just like it really creates depth to the like lead singer's voice. And um, yeah, the drums have like a little bit of a different drum sound than a lot of the other songs. Like they're a lot bigger and kind of like almost like distorted. Like I have again, I've written down like I love the distortion on the guitars. I think like. It just kind of works. Um, I will say it does, f- considering it how short it is, it does feel longer. Thank it you. Does. Than it, it does. Than it is, and I'm like, oh, it's still going. Like, which yeah. I mean, that's obviously <laughs> not a, a good with thing. With a two minute song, I mean, I, like, I think uh, maybe it's because it was prefaced that it was two minutes, and you knew that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I do. I do like the song, though. I mean, I I actually didn't give it a star rating, but it'd probably be in the probably be in the three and a half range. Yeah, and again, I mean, I'm I'm probably being hard on this song. It's it's pretty innocently fun, I guess. It just doesn't do anything for me, but it's I mean, at least it's in and out somewhat quickly. Shall we move on? Anybody yeah. have anything to say I on this one? No, it's short I'm, I'm and sweet, just there. like that song, right? <laughs> Long and sweet. Uh, song five, we got "Not My Baby." Uh, this one has the coolest. This is what I was talking about. This intro riff is like super cool i wish they did it again in the song because it's it's awesome it's super chill kind of has sad but lightness to it all in the same thing and then they just kind of cut uh, a groovy bass line comes in and kind of takes it away and they never come back to this emotional part at the start of the song which i i think was a mistake i completely agree as well i have written down beautiful intro don't like the transition to the bass and and the sample drums what, what sounds like sample drums to me trevor would be the better judge of that but um i mean it definitely sounds like uh, like sample replacement heavily affected if not um yeah the the intro is awesome but the verse is just kind of there's there's an example of a bass and drum verse later on in the album that I like way more than this. This is to me, uh, yeah, it's just kind of well. The one one really big thing, not there. One <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, one thing that uh, I do have about this though, which I un- which I think is intentional, is 
the groovy bass line kind of uplifts this otherwise sad sounding song. And the premise of the song is about how she's broken up with this guy and she's okay with it and she's moving on. So I, I don't think she wants a completely sad sounding song because it is like she's moving forward and it, it does give it kind of this there because the guitar part still comes back throughout the song that's in the intro but it's just it's oh it's with the groovy bass line so it doesn't sound as emotional as it does at the start but I think that could be intentional just to give it a sad feel but also with the happy bass line according to the theme of her lyrics I um I mean I guess I interpreted the same thing out of the lyrics I don't think it's too hidden um I think it works way better as a sad song and I I wish it ended in the bridge where she's just saying now that you're not my baby I think if it just ends there it's um a lot more poignant I think but I mean obviously she wanted to write a song about how she's over it now so she can do whatever she wants um, but I, I think the song <laughs> drags a bit yeah I, this is one of my least favorite songs to be honest mm-hmm. uh, I think the best part is the intro I think the intro is awesome like I don't know if you guys notice but like when they have the car start and it like moves from yeah. one headphone to the other like pans across your stereo feel I think that stuff's really cool and again like it just goes back to what I was saying about uh, their use of like a stereo spread um i like there's a, a couple other cool things they do with like there's one point where they have a guitar like going down the middle of the stereo and they have like really wide synths which i mean they do i don't know i think it's effective on this song it's a, a trick that's like used quite a bit throughout the album and then i have uh, love the tambourine really <laughs> 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 on there's little tambourine yeah and i like oh yeah i do remember too i like her delivery of don't care i think it's like has a nice kind of like I don't know sass to it yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah honestly like, like this is probably my least favorite song I just think sort of like what you were saying it's like a sad song and like the thing is like I like a lot of sad songs but I don't know I just doesn't connect to me really like yeah. I think this is top half of the album for me I like oh, this one. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, really yeah interesting yeah. Uh, and but I I still think they could strip it down and make it like super and the, sad. Yeah, and really I, I think cool. you can cut thirty seconds somewhere off I, here in the song. But I also understand. I understand where they went with the direction of the song, maybe so some of their choices. But yeah, also, again, I think good use of of background. Uh, yeah, backing vocals at near the end there. What they have like, uh, they have like her lead. I think it's the chorus line maybe going. Well, they have like again like, and they do this a few times on the album where there's like different. You know, and Miles, you mentioned back on the first episode about how you like different vocal lines occurring at the same time. Yeah, my term for that's alternate melody. I'm sure there's a, a an actual term for that. I, I I actually don't like this one very much. Oh, it really? pops up in this song, and and yeah, I, I I when it's pulled off well, I I love it. Like in um, there was a, what song was it earlier? I think it was Plimps or and sorry, in Dreams, Dreams Tonight, Tonight in the chorus. I love that. To me, this is just kind of a worse version of Dreams Tonight. It's it's, it's got an eighty sound to it, but it's whatever. Just, I'll take that Dreams Tonight. Yeah, sick okay. song. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's it for me. Also, just do some housekeeping. Um, Miles earlier said that he wanted the band to jam on the something. Uh, and you said this was the song you wanted them to jam the intro a bit more, do something else with yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that correct. was not, we were wondering if we would have the same thing. Oh, that was, was not, not the it. One. So, yeah, oh, stay okay. tuned. Stay tuned again. <laughs> yeah, next song is called Hey. Uh, I'm guessing, I think this is Colin's favorite song, if I had to guess. This is my favorite song. This I have... is 
first yeah. bullet point six song five stars yeah yeah <laughs> i actually love the song it is this not is my, my favorite, favorite but this song is just so like you you can't not smile when you hear it it's just they're having so much fun you can tell they're having so much fun there's not even a chorus in this song it's just four different verses which i think is yeah. really tough to pull off for a pop band like this i have a lot to say about this song but miles Doe, why don't you give us your yeah uh, sorry I, I got going there uh, no, it's hard i just not to. i just love her Again, she brings a different vo- uh, vocal style, just like that attitude, yeah. uh, super tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic lyrics and stuff like that. Um, I feel I feel sorry for whatever guy she's talking about. <laughs> There's one line. It Molly says, Mayhem Molly on your Mayhem doorstep. On your yeah. doorstep. I'm like, oh, glad I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah, Molly Mayhem at 3 a.m. Uh, pretty hilarious line. I think it's been a Miles Mayhem at 3 a.m. <laughs> a few points in my life. Not early? Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's there's so many little moments I like in this story, Trevor. I'll just finish my. Oh no, it's uh, okay. I was... uh, sickest solo on the album for sure. Uh, and again, he's doing the chromatic notes like I mentioned earlier. In the, uh, I guess you could call it a bridge. It's about two thirds through. There's just uh, everyone stops and it's just like a double drum. I think it's uh, like a floor tom, doom doom, and then they jump back in. It's it's just perfect songwriting when that happens. Yeah, there's a, a lot of really great bridges on this album. I have to say. Uh, last thing for me. The uh, the distorted vocals and I am a human being sounds yeah. so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, it doesn't I'm curious, sound like uh, that if you guys are one. <laughs> I'm curious. I mean, this is a long shot, but uh, my girlfriend used to listen to a song by uh, Robin, which is sort of like a more like a more of like a dance EDM thing. That's like. And there's basically the a line in the song repeated is "I am a human being," and uh, I was kind of curious if like. That was like a homage to Robin at all, or if like that was like, um, is it is it similar genre? I'm not familiar with the uh, artist. I mean, I think it's similar-ish, but it's like different. Like <laughs> people might not agree. <laughs> Sounds like a no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably a bit of a stretch, but yeah, okay. I got to break down. Uh, I think the intro on this song is like expertly crafted. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, there's like these like weird synth sounds that kind of create this like. It almost is like sounds just like organized noise, and then like it really like it it fills the speakers and it cuts out. There's two drum hits and like you're just sucked in and like it's the song just starts, and then like I don't know it goes for like ten or twenty seconds or something, and then it comes and then these guitars the come delay in. guitars with that, that decay yeah yeah and just like the whole way like they really like suck you in with these like weird things and it's like very quickly it's like everything's tightened up and the song is just like going and it's yeah, just like it's, i don't know it's, it's very organized really chaos well and i completely yeah. agree that it's expertly song written and yeah again i have like great use of width like i think just like spreading things out and then like bringing things in that like contrast like in the stereo sp- Spread is really effective in this song. Just to, uh, again, for some more housekeeping, this is the, um, I mentioned on uh, Not My Baby, it bass drum verse that just falls flat for me, but this is a bass drum verse that oh yeah kills it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the uh, the bass in this song too. Like it starts just like driving bass when it needs to be, and then like it switches to like a bit of a groovier bass, and then goes back. Um, yeah. Sick song. Yeah, That's about agreed. it. I, I really like the intro to it, and I think it's just like really well done. Miles, do you, so you said you suspected this was my favorite song. Yeah, what, I you, did. you really like it as well? Yeah, this is this is probably my favorite song. 
it's it switches every every few times I listen to the album, but this is definitely like top three for me. All right, on to the uh, next song, Lollipop, bracket, Ode to Jim, bracket, whatever that means. I, well, I actually, it know, means so um, you know. I can fill you in on that. Yeah, so, it, well, the first the first line in the song references Jim Reed, who's from the Jesus and Mary chain. So it's it's an ode to him, and and basically the lyrical theme is that like she sees this old rock star and wonders if he could see her that way, and then like sees a guy in a grocery store that's somewhat comparable and. Long story short, it doesn't work out. But uh, yeah, I absolutely love the song. This is my favorite song in the album. Oh, really? I, yeah, it's it's so good. This is just like how you do a song, intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Everything's so tightly crafted. Cool lyrics. There's little moments like the lollipop, pop, 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 yeah, pop, yeah. And, and things like that. And she hits a high note that's just out of this world. I think it's in the second chorus. Yeah, this so, is a yeah. this is a good banger of a song live. I remember this is one that just gets the whole crowd jumping up and down. It's got that just bubblegummy pop yeah. sound that just everybody catches gets caught onto and it's yeah. an, it's another example too of the guitarist does some really weird stuff in the second verse where it's just making noise and th- this is what I mean about how I think he really knows his role in the band where like we need something here, and it's just this random squealing going on. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, what do you actually, got, Trevor? Um, well, yeah, I, I really like that part as well, and I actually said that it reminded me a bit of Sonic Youth because yes. I was uh, doing some listening to Sonic Youth, wink, wink, uh, nudge, nudge. And, uh, yeah, I really thought that part. I also really like think that, like, freeze delay they do on the lollipop. I think that's super effective. And, like, I really like how... She's like singing about a car crash at that one point. No, and I think that's the next song. That's the next song. Oh, well, she, uh, the, the guy's swerving at the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, yeah. and if you listen to the guitar, it sounds, it sounds like a car crash when she's ta- saying those lyrics. Like there's like that squealing sound and then it goes into like... Could be, because the next kind of song definitely involves a car crash. Well, yeah, there and there is a thing about that in the song too. Like, there's a uh, yeah, it's um, the fact I, could, I I don't remember the exact line. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but it's uh, yeah. all I can remember is the fact we were swerving. I think is the line. That's yeah. funny. I didn't notice that, but I uh, in the next either. song, I actually picked up on a specific guitar effect referring to a some sort of accident. So that's that's interesting that it's here too. Yeah, the drums are weird, and I, yeah, it's Some at heavy five stars. That's one probably my second favorite song. Yeah, on the album. I agree. Hey, and lollipops are my favorite, and uh, I guess that's just uh, what you're saying about like maybe I'll have to go back. I mean, maybe I'll have to go back and revisit this because um, that's like that speaks to this album being sort of like we talked about in the pinback episode where it's like seemingly simple songs that have a lot of depth when you get down and listen to them, which is not the case for for all artists in this genre. Uh, okay, on to song uh, nine, Saved by a Waif. Oh no, song eight, Already Gone. <laughs> uh, this is my least favorite song yeah, is- on the album. It's... It- yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, this is also with uh, that other song, "Not My Baby." Those two, these are my two least favorite songs. I think this is really well placed in the album. Um, yeah, it, the placement is good. I, I, I wrote down that this song is a downer in the best possible way. Like you're coming off these two 
really energetic, tight pop songs. High highs, yeah. And and then you go into this, which is I don't know what it's about. It's it's somewhat vague. It's there seems to be some sort of like she arrives on the scene and and you're surrounded by pylons. I mean, it seems to be some sort of traumatic event. Yeah, a I have cool probably lines. a car accident or something. I, I really like the line, um, if there was an ocean, and she's she's talking about what they'd be doing in the ocean, that she says, a vat of chlorine's close enough, I guess. I think that's it's just really cool lyrics. Uh, but what it's actually about, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I have... I have, uh, I arrived at the scene, you were perfectly surrounded by pylons. When the crowd separated, the officer said you were already gone. So I'm assuming it's it's about some sort of tragic accident. And that's when um, the guitar effect that I was talking about comes in, where it's, 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 I think it's backwards guitar, and it gives this really disorienting vibe that's like going on with like what would be happening in your mind in that moment, I, I think. I haven't experienced anything like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm never putting this on. Like, you know what I want to listen to? Already Gone by Always. But I think it's it sits really well in the album. Yeah, yeah. As a on an overview of the whole album, it definitely fits in and, and holds its place well in this spot. I think it breaks up the album nicely. It has some cool soundscapey vibes, but I just like don't connect to it really. And, I, uh, I'm the same way. I agree. But like, I, I think it's, it is well placed. Yeah, I think yeah. we're all in agreement there. Oh, I do have, and actually, I do vaguely re- remember this. There's like a cool climbing melody um, that she does at like about one minute forty, um, and like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Other than that, I think it's kind of like a soundscape kind of song. Yeah, I just think on on an album where a lot of the songs um, either fall into like '80s synth or tight indie pop i think this is a welcome change at two-thirds of the way through the album yeah that's true good point all right well i guess that's probably all we have to say about that one uh the second last album song of the album is saved by a waif and this definitely brings it back to a, a punky drivey style it's awesome catchy chorus some cool transitions between the parts throughout i find this is a top one of the top songs for me yeah. i really like this song again just and this is this the one you were talking about the riff that you wish they'd repeat? no it's oh, not no. um okay. stay tuned i think i know what songs it's gonna be <laughs> um yeah really cool intro again like um uh, not my baby again. We have this really cool intro that that lasts quite a long time, but then this time it it goes into a good song. Yeah, <laughs> or, uh, uh, your type. I can't remember which song it was that we were talking about. That the not the, my baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really cool. The guitarist is playing weird stuff again. Killer chorus, like really catchy chorus. Who goes for that melody? It's so ridiculously high. Like it's. Yeah, I, th- I think it's an awesome song. And uh, if you listened to episode one, the Pinback episode, you'll know I'm a big fan of the heavily distorted like radio intercom style uh, vocals, which <laughs> yeah. happens going into the outro. I think it's super cool. I don't, I don't actually know what the guy says, but... Uh, yeah, I, I do have this as my top song, though. I wrote TS, so yeah, this is... Right now, this is my favorite song on the album. There is also a killer drum fill at the end of this song. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I have this as, I think this is the third favorite. Uh, hey being up there at the top with uh, Lollipop, and then I gave this one five stars too. Um, I like the, uh, I think it's the chorus where she does the you cut, yeah, yeah. or like whatever. Um, and I really like the bridge on this. 
think it's just like really effective. And there's again, like I think this song uses it's like, like it's something I've mentioned throughout the entire album, but like spreading the, at one point there's keys on the left side and guitar on the right hand side and then it like switches parts and like everything kind of just like comes in and like that like uh like expanding and like narrowing of like your stereo field whether it's on headphones or like your speakers at home um i think that's part of why it took me a long time because i was listening to it um uh, my stereo setup downstairs is basically a mono playback system and then in the car, you don't really get... No, like you get is, left ear. Yeah, like, you don't really get yeah. stereo. Like, I mean, you do technically. Um, so I just, like, didn't get it for a long time. And then, like, when I actually, like, listened to it, I was, like... I, I, I like, I had kind of written the album off because I'd listened to it so many times that I just, like, wouldn't... Why did he pick this? <laughs> yeah, like, I would, like... I'd listen to it and be like, oh, it's over already? Like... What even just happened? It is like, a short was, just, album. was it just like, like one long song? Like, and then I listened to it like on a decent speakers, like, and I was like, oh, actually, this album's pretty fucking sick. Um, uh, I I just was gonna say I do think it it's just another good example of how Molly is versatile as a vocalist, like just going into like attitude kind of vibe throughout the verses, singing, and then but then still just pulls together a super super really good melodic chorus. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say. Um, to piggyback off what Trevor was saying about the album sequencing as a whole and how it's it's upbeat and then trails off with the last song like that's that's what makes the choice of Intertow in Undertow as an opener so puzzling to me because I, I think the rest is so perfectly sequenced that I just don't I it doesn't work for me I, I don't know why I have to go back to that but it doesn't, yeah, <laughs> still doesn't work fair. to me as an opener <laughs> but that begs the question what would, how would you switch it I think I have Plim Soil Punks first. The swap plimsoil punks and in undertow. Yeah, I could see that because then you start off really. You still high got the. You still got energy. a cool song. It's still like a catchy. Like they they must have known plimsoil punks is going to do well. Like it's a great song. Yeah, it's a pretty fun. Song. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's my follow up to the discussion. I would say that plimsoil punks isn't like I don't think it's super like. Doesn't sound like it should be like necessarily directed to radio. I don't think compared to like a, a couple of these. A well, and that's, these I'm songs. I'm shocked that neither Lollipop or Saved by a Wave is a single. Yeah. That oh, Lollipop isn't a single. No. Oh wow, that's interesting. I'm very surprised by that. The 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 singles are just the first three songs. The like chorus in Lollipop is so catchy. The Lollipop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it sounds like it actually reminds me of a melody from like an old '50s song or something. Uh, something about it, like of like that, like kind of like even pre-Beatles era pop music where like it it all had a very kind of similar structure. But I was going to say, going back to Plimsoil Punk, something I forgot to mention earlier is I was reading, I think it was like, I don't know, a Pitchfork article or something. And Molly was talking about the song and apparently it is sort of like, what do you want to call it? Like social commentary on like what a punk is and like how some like I I, I kind of laugh because I I definitely know some people that like are would be like soil punks. No, what, like <laughs> would be offended by somebody like calling Plimsoil punks like a punk song. They'd be like, oh, that's not punk. Like yeah. real punk is the Dead Kennedys and like yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. It, like and people get that way about all genres. Like whatever, if you get into a niche, and so I think it. She was kind of just like commenting on. 
She didn't say that explicitly, obviously. I find it pretty ironic that she was talking to Pitchfork about Plum Soil Pop. Actually, I don't know that it was Pitchfork, but it was some, like, you know, indie whatever. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Should we uh, get through the last song so we can continue talking about the songs, but, like... Overview. We'll rein it in. Rain it in here. Yeah. Uh we got the last song here, your, the closer. Rain your arm in there. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> Bump the mic again. Yeah. Also, yeah, that's my bad for getting us off track there complaining about in undertone. Uh last song on the album to close it out is uh Forget About Life. I think it's a good I think it's the best closer. Uh Super, super synthy, lots of repetition with the lyrics, like uh, saying, do you want to forget about life? And do you want to forget about life with me sort of thing? Just talking about escape. And uh, I think it's a, this is, this is another one of those ones that viewing it live is awesome. They usually close it out, but it's just like, it starts out slow and sway and then like kind of gets into a weird groove, but it's a, it's a good song to end the album on, I think. Yeah, it gets into that jam and then they don't do anything with it and they leave. They they have, it's such a cool modulation. <laughs> I forgot, I, you were just raring yeah, to go I've on I've been waiting for this for a long time. Uh, it's a really cool, <laughs> um, March. really cool slow <laughs> build up. <laughs> Not since March. February is when you told me to listen to it. Uh, it's, it's, it's just building up so nice and then it's it's the drop happens and and there's a modulation but then they just again it's like oh no we've been away from the course too long we got to go back and it's just like with this being an ending song i just like use your powers for evil sometimes you don't always have to use them for good like they're just always in this pop structure to to a fault sometimes i think wait but isn't that using i would argue that's using your powers for evil no, because it just instead of like ending in this really cool synthy bridge breakdown, they just have to go back to the chorus and end it on this soaring, easy listening. He just wanted yeah, to go I do have to, on the track. I do have yeah. to second everything that I actually think it's funny now that you say that. I do think a really cool ending for this would have been like a cool fade out on some trippy shit that's and, like in that sort of bridge and, and chorus. And like Alec section. has been such a faithful servant. And the bass and the drums have been serving the song so <laughs> the entire time. Like, let's let them jam at the end here. Yeah, I don't, that that's cool. that's obviously personal preference, though. Uh, the only other thing I have written about the song is that uh, she's the synth comes in when she says something about tried out the synthesizer you bought yesterday. And so, yeah. like, it's again, yeah. that's one of those things. I know we talked in a previous episode about how like that can be forced, but this is another case of pulling it off. I think I think that's a nice touch. Yeah, I think it's interesting when I was reading about uh, Always, they they, uh, describe themselves as jangle pop, apparently. I think of like dream pop, but... uh, Yeah, I get dream pop too. But apparently they say jangle pop, but, uh, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Jangle (laughs) pop is, uh, it's like the Johnny Marr style, the guy from the Smiths. Oh, well, yeah, I did get a Smiths vibe, for sure, from their stuff. I actually, they remind me a lot of, like, New Order, Joy Division, like, UK, uh, New Wave kind of stuff. But throughout their album, I did hear a lot of jangly sounds. Uh, Like, in that last song, there's kind of, like, chimey, jangly sounds. And, like, those, the guitar stuff I was talking about earlier, where you hear this kind of, like, sounds like a Stratocaster played, but, like, not plugged into an amp. So it's just, like, strings and it's like kind of a jangly sound, so I was kind of like, they do close it out why. on a couple jangly notes, like the weird <laughs> synthy. Yeah, 
I do. And then otherwise, I have to like second everything that Miles said about this song. Like, I think when it first came on, I was kind of like, oh, like ending on a downer song. And then I was like listening to it, and I was like, actually, you know, this is a perfect ender. I could like picture seeing them live. I haven't had the opportunity to do that, but I would love to. Um, and just like, it's sort of just like, you know, like the music really embraces sort of what she's singing about. Like, do you want to forget about life? Like, just sort of like when you're at somewhere doing something and you're having like the time of your life basically and like nothing else in that moment like nothing else matters just because like you're just like you're just loving life like everything's so like either the band's so good or like maybe you're just like you're just having a great time with friends doing something and like you know it's like very much about being in the moment right yeah totally and it's like none of your like fucking credit card bill like none of it matters in that moment it's or just drugs like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i think there's a little bit yeah, of hinting towards oh, yeah, drugs oh, yeah. Yeah. but you know that was you know that was for the viewers to read between i'm sure you know um <laughs> you cracked the case yeah um but yeah i mean i guess i'll start the sort of overall thoughts and then we'll bring it back i'll bring it back to you guys for what you think i uh, like i said already when i first listened to this album it took me a long time to get into it i sort of like wrote it off as being all the same and i was just kind of like oh yeah it's okay like they kind of have this shoegazy vibe going on um it's like i was like yeah it's a bit washed out but then I, I, I thought, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. No, but then I, when I actually gave it a really good, I I really enjoyed the album, and like I think despite things often being like drenched in reverb, uh, the vocals tend to come through really well. And like I said, like the drums are all also often, relatively speaking, pretty dry, and like the they've done a really good job of like bringing the listener into like this sort of like fictional space, and then just like keeping you there. And, like, it's a short album. Um, I think, like, some of the songs probably could be elaborated on. But, like, it's through and through. It's a pop album. And it's sort of like the pop album that I wish every pop album was. Like, not like that it sounded like this, but that it was this well-crafted. I totally agree. You know, like, like, like I wish all a- pop music was this like thought out <laughs> they take some chances and and they work like a song like hey that doesn't even have a chorus and, and things like that and and they've got a nice mix of of slow and up-tempo songs i i'm really glad miles brought this album like this band always and and I, I've, I've had to try so hard not to say all vase because that's just how i read it like that's how it enters my brain and uh but yeah like this album's 2017 we're now in september 2020 right now i'd have to imagine they'd be coming out with new material pretty soon and i'm looking forward to it so i mean that's a means that i enjoyed the album i'd say if i'm eagerly awaiting new release i'm glad this was brought to my attention yeah i uh it is a short album 33 minutes or 34 minutes or something like that but there's only one song on it i would go without and all the rest I really, really enjoy. So I'd rather have an album that is 30 minutes of all songs that I enjoy than one that crams like an hour. And <laughs> Stay tuned for episode five. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what album you might be talking about, but uh, yeah, you know. I enough. honestly was not trying to be a sarcastic <laughs> ass there, but it worked out that way. Um, so yeah, I really, I, I love this album. I love this band. I'll go see them every time they're, they're close by because they're super killer to see live. I highly recommend you guys go check them out too. 
Uh, but yeah, I guess that'll wrap up uh, the episode of Second Listen. Stay tuned for next week's album, which will be... It will be Sloan Twice Removed. This is Colin's second selection for the podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. It's uh, been a favorite of mine for a long time, so I'll have some things to say about it as well. Another Canadian band. like it. Yeah, CanCon. All right, Miles, checking out. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Second Listen. The Second Listen.